Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Welcome back, tomatoes, to this week's episode of The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter. My guest today is Bonnie Marcus. She is an executive coach, author, speaker, and podcast host. In fact, we here at the Three Tomatoes love her podcast almost as much as our own. Well, primarily because it's called Badass Women at Any Age, and we consider ourselves to be that although her guests are so interesting. Her podcast is amazing. In fact, I was a guest on that podcast. I had to own my battery. (laughs) And it was great. She is great. She has amazing people. A little more about Bonnie. Her mission is to help us proudly own our talent and ambition and to help us find our authentic and unique path forward. And I'm talking about women, ladies, who are listening. Her second book is coming out in a few months and it is called Not Done Yet, How Women Over 50 Regain Their Confidence and Claim Workplace Power. I love this. I I think it's going to be a very special book. Thank you, Bonnie, for joining us here today. Thanks, Kim. I mean, it's great to be here. I so enjoyed interviewing you on my podcast. So continuing the conversation, This is wonderful. Yes, absolutely. You know, I read, I remember CNN put it out a few days ago that the U.S. economy lost 140,000 jobs in December. All of them were held by women. So your book couldn't be more timely. Right. But what a gut punch that is, really. Yeah. Um, You know, in September, 850,000 jobs were lost. And The prediction is that, although there isn't a definitive breakdown of how many women were over 50, that some of those older women will never be able to make it back into the workplace. And that is just a travesty. It really is, especially because, well, our listeners are in that age range. And I know many of them are curious, can we get back into a job or do we have to continue to reinvent ourselves as entrepreneurs? What are your thoughts on that? Well, of course, I love both paths, right? Um, I think that we have so much to offer both to our organizations uh, as well as to, you know, the, the society in general. And if we want to start our own businesses and we have the ambition and the energy to do that, we should absolutely pursue that. In my book, Not Done Yet, my primary focus is to help women stay in the workplace, how to 
stay marketable, how to keep your job, how to defy some of the ageist assumptions and really position yourself as a valued contributor. You can use all of this advice also to position yourself to get a new job. <laughs> um, but hopefully we, you know, we won't be pushed out. We won't be marginalized and sidelined, especially if you follow some of the advice in the book. Well, and particularly with the new administration and having a woman in power that we will, I believe that is going to send a message to so many people. I can't help but think that this is just putting women, all women on a great trajectory, but particularly women who've been around with experience. Don't you agree with that? I certainly agree with it. Uh, the fact that our talent, our ambition, um, is tied to our chronological age is just nonsense. It uh, is. Because, yeah. No, go ahead. You know, when you, well, when you look at the emphasis on younger workers and younger women, especially, since we're talking about women in the workplace, and you take out older women, then there are no role models. There are no mentors. I mean, young women coming into the workplace will look up at leadership. They won't see women. They won't be able to gain any kind of experience or expertise from these women who've been around the block a few times and have so much to offer. And I think that uh, both generations, all generations have a lot to offer from each other and benefit benefit from each other. If, in fact, there is diversity of thought, there are different generations represented in the workplace. It's, it's really, it's really important. Well, I totally agree with you. We learn from those who are younger, from those who are older, we learn in community. And it is nice to have a community of women. We learn from men, but particularly as a young woman entering a workforce, it's nice to see that there are women in higher executive level positions. And do you find as an executive coach, do you work primarily with women over 50 who are looking to maintain their position in the workforce or go out on their own or both? Well, first of all, I actually work with women of all ages. You know, my first book, The Politics of Promotion, offered a roadmap for how women can best navigate the complexities of the workplace to get ahead and to stay ahead. Uh, and so a lot of professional women gravitate to me because they want that promotion that they think they deserve, you know, they're tired of being passed over. But I've become much more sensitive to uh, the fact that women, oh, probably as they approach 45, 50, begin to be marginalized and pushed out. Uh, you know, their once sought after opinions are now ignored. They're not invited to key meetings. Their workload is redistributed. And so some of my clients who are in this demographic have um, made me aware of how critical it is 
uh, how critical an issue it is, gendered ageism. I call it the double whammy because throughout our whole professional life, we've been uh, the subject of gender bias. And now that we're showing visible signs of aging, we also are, are subjected to ageist behavior, ageist comments, uh, and ageist bias. That's really unfortunate because you would have thought by now in 2021 that that would have gone by the wayside. Men can get gray hair, men can have wrinkles. Why can't women? It's so annoying that we are held to such a standard of beauty. And that really goes back to the media and there's a lot to it. It's not just the workplace. I it's think. not just the workplace, but the workplace reflects society's values. Right. And so unfortunately, practice, workplace practices like hiring and promoting and um, compensation, all of that reflects society's bias uh, against women and their, the value that they offer. And we know that we have a lot to offer. <laughs> yes, we do. And we're not done yet. <laughs> no, and I love the title of your book, We're Not Done Yet. How would you, can you give us some like practical tips, maybe a teaser from the book to, you know, some practices, some tips, something that we could take with us to learn about why we're not done yet or how we can keep from being done? Well, I, I think it's a difficult situation for women who are subjected to the demeaning comments, the fact that they're easily dismissed, et cetera, because of their age. And I think, Kim, that our tendency would be to kind of pull ourselves, uh, withdraw, pull ourselves away um, because we don't want to, uh, you know, bring any attention to our age and we just want to stay there and, and survive. So I think our tendency is to kind of quietly go into the shadows. And I call that the shadows of irrelevance. But this is the time when we can't do that. So now more than ever, we need to do the things to create visibility and credibility for ourselves um, and stay on the radar. So some of the things that I talk about in the book are things that perhaps you should have done your whole career, but now it's really important because you're under this microscope. Uh, your company is looking to perhaps downsize um, or cut their budget. And because of your age and because of your gender, you're much more vulnerable. So some of the th things I suggest are, first of all, declare your ambition. Let your manager know that you are still very invested and committed to your career and to doing your best work. You know, you may think that, well, naturally they assume that, but they may not assume that. They may assume that as you approach 60 or 65, that you're ready to cut back, et cetera. So having that conversation with your, with your manager is, is really, really critical. And that might look like, uh, how 
can I, how do you see me continuing to add value to this team and to my department going forward uh, and create, create a plan? Um, another tip may be to um, do cross-generational networking. So very often we stay in the comfort zone of our own age group with like-minded people. And we shy away from our younger colleagues who perhaps, uh, you know, might be a little hostile to us or distant from us. Yeah, but that's, a, we, that's important. That's really important. We need to stay relevant. Yes. And so when we are uh, making it our intention to form different connections, build relationships across generations, we're increasing our visibility, we're showing our commitment to our, our careers and to staying viable. And we reap the benefits, you know, we can learn from our long, younger colleagues and we can in turn help them by virtue of some of the lessons we've learned um, and teach each other important skills. So I think, you know, that's another way to stay relevant and to stay visible. Those are good suggestions. And it surprises me when people don't do that, particularly the cross-generational networking. In this pandemic, I have found so much motivation and mentorship by speaking with women who are younger and yet they have so much to offer. Of course, they also know exactly how to use social media to their benefit, whereas I'm just learning that. <laughs> and perhaps, and that's one thing that we can learn from them. And we know so many people. We've been around the block, right? Right. So they could benefit from some of the introductions that we can make on their behalf. And I think that that win-win situation is really important. And by the way, it also benefits the organization. I just wrote a piece in Forbes this week about cross-generational networking. It benefits your organization because it brings diversity of thought. Oh, and diversity true. of thought facilitates creativity and innovation and all the things that your business needs to remain viable in the marketplace. Oh, I love, I love that wording, diversity of thought. That's really, really important in this day and age. And it, especially accepting and not rejecting people who are either have different thoughts than yourself, but to take them and learn from them. It's wonderful. And we need to be Build one-on-one -on -one personal connections, Kim, to be able to do that. Because we tend to pe put people in categories based on their race, based on their education, based on their age. We make assumptions about them. And then that keeps us apart. And the only way we're gonna bridge the gap is to reach out and make personal connections and really get to know other people and what they want and what they need and what they're hoping to achieve. That is and so important. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and it's great. And especially in your podcast, no, I learned so much from the women that you interview too. And you can always learn. And I think that's something that we over a certain age, most people, most people, well, most people I would say who are engaging and engaged in life are always willing to learn from others. And it seems if you are working in a corporate environment, you need to maintain that education from others, from other sources, from other people. That's great because one of my tips is to keep a growth mindset. You know, and not only that, but to demonstrate that you have that growth mindset. So reaching out and finding opportunities for learning new skills or gaining new experience and asking, you know, your manager uh, what they would suggest for you to, you know, further enhance your abilities in the workplace and the value that you can offer, you know, find out if there are courses that your uh, company offers that you could take or whether they would reimburse you for any kind of courses outside of the workplace. Um, and, and most companies will do that. They will have something, uh, some kind of an educational fund. But even expressing that to your manager shows that you're in it. You're still in it. You know, you're, you don't have a closed mind. You realize that you need to continually learn to be able to add value. Yes, very important. In life, not even in strictly a corporate environment, but just in life to keep us young, we need to keep that growth mindset, as you say, so that we are relevant in life, so we can have conversations with people just in general. I think sure. it's important. Bonnie, how did you go from corporate America to executive coaching? What, what prompted you to do that shift? Ah, oh, that's, that's really a good question because some of that is, is personal and some of it is, is professional. Um, you know, I had a 20 plus year successful career in corporate. I made it to the C-suite. I um, worked in startups and I worked in Fortune 500 companies. And I really witnessed over that, over the course of my career in, in corporate America, how women were passed over <laughs> talented women who had so much to offer were passed over because they didn't know how to build visibility for themselves. They didn't know how to advocate for themselves. And they had this belief that if they work really hard, they're, they're going to get ahead. Um, so through a number of different personal circumstances, um, I ended up living on an island on Martha's Vineyard. And at the time I was VP of sales for a national organization, trying to manage a large national sales force from, from the island, <laughs> which if anybody, any of your listeners know Martha's Vineyard, it's really small. It's got like this tiny, tiny airport, you know, not very reliable um, travel. And I had just come to the point where I thought, Number one, I can't manage the job from here. It's just, you know, it's very, very difficult. 
And I had much more to offer if I could help professional women rise up and get the promotions they deserve and really stand in their professional power. So I decided to go back and get certified as a coach. It took me about nine months. I was still working. Um, and I gradually added, you know, coaching clients. And, and then I left my full-time position. Well, I think it's great. I know Martha's Vineyard. It's absolutely beautiful, but I, I can't imagine leading a sales team from there and jumping on planes. Well, I think it's, we are grateful in the world, women, that you have chosen to do that and become an entrepreneur. Do you find that your clients are mostly in the workplace? I know I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with the entrepreneurship aspect of it because that's, I consider myself an entrepreneur. And I, as much as I do, am not ready to quit working or, you know, whatever it is, but I can't imagine going back into a corporate environment either. But I assume people come to you because they want to return also. I know you said you work mostly with people who are women who are looking to stay where they are, but I'm sure people come to you saying, help, how do I get back? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I work with women who are making also career transitions who are trying to figure out, well, do I stay in corporate? or should I start my own thing? Um, you know, and those might be women who are, you know, in the age demographic of, of over 40 or whatever. Um, but all women, whether they are entrepreneurs or they are in the corporate setting, really face, um, a challenge of how to authentically and effectively advocate for themselves. You know, think about it as an entrepreneur. Well, how do I, how do I really talk about what I bring to the table and why somebody should hire me or my company to do X, Y, Z. And as women, we're used to really taking the back seat. So that affects you no matter if you're in a corporate setting or if you're an entrepreneur, understanding your value proposition, understanding uh, what you bring to the table is really, really important for your career, uh, no matter what you do. Would, would it be safe to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you also have to work with women to enhance their self-esteem so that they realize their value. They realize what they have to offer. Well, one of the first things I do with my coaching clients is to, before I get into, here's how you build a strategic network. Here's how you overcome politics. Here's how you advocate for yourself. One of the first things I do is really um, push aside the clutter, the negative chatter um, and the limiting beliefs that hold us back. Because, you know, Kim, I can help somebody uh, advocate for themselves. But if they've got all this chatter in their head about, oh, you know, I'm not really good enough. Um, if I talk about myself, people aren't going to like me or I'm never going to get ahead anyway. I mean, you know, all the negative stuff. Right. 
um, if we don't really clear or I we, we, we never totally clear it out, but if we don't diffuse some of that, uh, then then you're, you're not going to do the work you need to do um, and really why you hired me as a coach. So that's an important first step because there's so many ways that we keep ourselves small. Oh. Yes, we face barriers in the workplace. We, place, we face barriers in the marketplace if we have our own business. That's real. But we also hold ourselves back and so it's got to be a dual approach to talk about, okay, what are some ways we hold ourselves back and what are some obstacles in the workplace and how can I overcome them? You know, it's interesting, Bonnie, because as you're talking about that, I, of course, feel that uh, I try to override it often. I'm too old. Who am I to do such and such? But I would... I know that that comes from being the certain age that I am and watching the media and watching women in the workforce as I was coming up into it and seeing that women were shunned aside at a certain age. But don't you think, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that today's youth, the women in their 20s and 30s, do not have that same fear. I don't know, I don't know, because they're still so young but I'm hoping that that ageism gets eliminated or at least lessened. I, I have serious doubts that, you know, that it will go away. Um, I, you know, I find, you know, I, I have a, a dear friend who works um, in a plastic surgery office here in, in Santa Barbara, California, where I live. And the number of women in their 20s who get Botox is astounding. So they're already internalizing the message that they need to be um, not, not show any signs of aging and be pretty to, to be successful, whether it's in life or in their career. That is interesting because that is definitely media driven. In a yes. way, we didn't have that because social media was not a thing when we well, were. We did have it because we look at magazine covers right. where there's a 16 year old pretending to be 40. And we look at, um, you know, celebrities, female celebrities uh, who've had a lot of work done. And you know, I bring this up actually in my book. It's like, who are we supposed to look like when we age? <laughs> there, there just aren't any role models who have aged naturally. So if you're 50, 60, 70, who do you look to to say, oh, that's a role model. That's, you know, that's who I aspire to look like. Yeah, point, point uh, taken. That, that yeah, because we don't know even the lovely people like Helen Mirren. You know, I love Glenn Close and Meryl Streep. I mean, I don't know if they are touched right. up or not. I, you know, I probably, probably. <laughs> and, and here's the point. It's not always about vanity. They do that to keep working. They do that to keep their jobs. And that is just uh such a 
it, you know, I, I don't even know how to how to say it because it just really pisses me off. Yeah, I that agree. Women have to do that to keep their jobs. Right. You're right. You don't see older women portrayed in movies unless they're grandmotherly. You know, it's huh, eh, well, I don't know how we can do that. But what you at least are doing is assisting women, helping them know that they aren't done yet and working with them, Bonnie, to get them staying in the workplace. And it's people like you who are going to help the next generation. So we applaud you for that. Well, thank you, Kim. Well, as we close, is there any other little tip you might want to give our listeners, many of whom work in corporate offices, many of whom don't? but just a little tip to leave us with as we head into 2021. Oh gosh, there's so many, but I think, <laughs> you know, especially because it's a new year, I would suggest that we really take some time to self-reflect and think about some of the beliefs that we may hold that, could sabotage our success and really be honest, you know, whether you need to pour a glass of wine, put your feet up, whatever. You know, what is the story that you tell yourself about yourself right now? And does that story serve you? And if you're really honest and you take a look at that, you can, you can change that narrative if it does not serve you, you can write a new empowering story that will position you better to reach whatever, whatever your goals are. Because words matter and words are really powerful and the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves can really help us or hurt us. I could not agree with you more. There is such a mind-body connection. If we tell ourselves that we are vibrant, energetic, youthful women with a lot to offer, eventually we will believe it. Yes, we'll live it. We'll own it. And that's what's important. Great. We will stand in our power. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today, Bonnie. I've really enjoyed talking with you and I'm looking forward to your book, Not done yet. And it comes out in March, right? It comes out March 9th, but it is available for pre-order now on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, where whatever book outlets uh, you choose. I think that would be a great gal pal Valentine's Day gift. I love that. I <laughs> love that. Um, and you can go to my website, bonniemarcusleadership.com and you can download a sample chapter, you can download a book discussion guide uh, just to get you started before the book even comes out. Wonderful, well, we will put that in the show notes as well so people know where to find you. Thanks, Kim. Thank you so much, Bonnie. I wish you a great rest of the year. May it be powerful and wonderful, and I know your book's going to be a fabulous success. Well, thank you for your support. Really appreciate it. <laughs>